Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast to digitallydownloaded.net. My name's Alan, and with me this week I have Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, I can fuck myself, I guess. Um, <laughs> we also have James. Hello, James. Hello. Hi, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thank you. You for, thank you for putting in at least a little bit more effort than Matt. I appreciate well, Matt, that. Matt set the bar very low. Yeah, it's... It's the opposite of limbo. Um, um, and we also have Harvard. Hello, Harvard. Hello. Again, doing better than Matt, so everything's fine. Um, <laughs> so we've got a couple of things to talk about this week, so we're going to jump right. Tifa's breast. Oh, <laughs> um, we're going to ignore that. We'll just right. let the, like, the awkward sound sink in for a little bit. Yeah, no, that's, that's going to stay in. I'm not going to edit that out. That deserves to be in there. We've that has be... more value than anything else. We've got to be mad about it, Alan. It's, no, it's, we have it's nothing. Infuriating. It's just going to be four men complaining about the same thing. <laughs> just never it's... address the topic. and Just randomly say it throughout the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah Tifa's breasts. It's a good topic. It's not a good topic. It's really not a good <laughs> There's topic. There's no content. <laughs> There's lots of content. I mean, that's kind of the point, isn't it? No, that, there's not enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's it's reduced content. Because these people who have never seen breasts before don't know how they work. I like how they're like, I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, go and, go and Google <laughs> search. Are we talking about this? <laughs> we are now. Go and Google search. Go and Google search for the new look Tifa from Final Fantasy VII Remake. And then look at the pictures of it. And then just consider for your, to yourself for a second that actually there are people out there that think that those are beast the cup. And, and they're mad just that B-cup. they're too and it's, small because... Yeah, because they're B-cup, when really they're more like Ds. But anyway. We have nothing to talk about in this situation, <laughs> I feel. Nothing that's already been said can be added to. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to music. This is dumb. Miku music. <laughs>
And it's not October, but we're going to be a bit spooky this week because apparently the entire games industry has decided that these last couple of weeks are the weeks for horror. It's which... nuts, isn't it? How many horror games have dropped? It's crazy. Yeah. And like, not even small ones, like fairly reasonably high profile as well. Like, it's it's crazy. And, and we think they would wait it. Yeah. With more to come too, because Sinking City is just around the corner. We can't talk about that yet, but I am playing it for review. It's just nuts how much horror's come out. Mm. Yeah, and to that point, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Layers of Fear 2, which is the sequel to Layers of Fear 1, Colour Me No, Short. no yeah. way. Yeah, but it's like not connected at all to the original game. It's very much like a, the Twilight Zone sort of thing where it's well, a I mean, different the, story. Thematically, it is. Uh, it is thematically, but like the actual narrative stuff is not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so whereas Layers of Fear 1 was more about like visual art and sculptures and stuff like that, traditional forms of art, um, Layers of Fear 2 focuses on cinema and film, which is really cool, and I really, really dang liked this game. Um Essentially, you are on a boat, which instantly... I'm not a fan of boats, especially old <laughs> rickety boats. You're not a fan of boats. No, boats are... What are boats, boats ever you? Myth. <laughs> um, no, like, I don't know. Boats are, boats are pretty cursed in terms of horror locations because you can't escape. It's basically just, like, it's space, but with water. You know what I mean? Like you're stuck on that boat. You're not gonna live if you jump off the boat. You're dead. Yeah, so that's, you're stuck that's, on that boat. I think that's why they like to use boats for horror. That, that's that what I mean. Be, like I don't like yeah. boats because of that. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I am on I'm on the same page. Okay. Yeah, see there's yeah, logic yeah. to the madness. Um <laughs> so yeah, you're stuck in a boat and you are a actor, but that's all I'm going to say because the game sort of requires you not knowing much about it um yeah i think the game is a huge huge improvement over layers of fear one um even just in the visual standpoint like the game looks gorgeous you can tell that they made a bunch of money off layers of fear one and used that to fund this game as well as you know the european union um entertainment fund which is fantastic um the soundtrack's very pretty there's a lot of really nice things that they put in there. Whereas I've made fun of Layers of Fear 1 for being generic horror spooks. Like, Layers of Fear 2 tends to try a bit more, which I like. Um, yeah, I mean, more... it's, I'm a pretty... I'm a big fan of the way that they use the the creative process as the seed of <laughs> of, of madness and horror because, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I think the creative process is a, a challenging one and I don't think a lot of people quite appreciate what artists go through. Um, obviously, Layers of Fear is kind of an extreme, um, I don't know, uh, metaphor on it all. It's it's not literally what happens to people when they make art, but they do go through a lot. And I they think jump on a boat as yeah. soon as you start trying to make art and you become the boatman. And I think it's really nice uh, the way that they've used that as the, the seed of the horror because it is different to you know, monster horror like Resident Evil and Silent Hill and whatever. It's a very different kind of I would say it's a bit more horror. Silent Hilly than most other horror games just because of the way that it changes rooms and stuff it does that same thing where you look away and you look back and the room's different and it's different yeah. in little subtle yeah. ways that you freak out and be like oh i don't like that yeah it's definitely a psychological horror i mean there's not too much uh physical threat through layers of fear or and what, what physical threat there is like the one big fight which i'm sure you know what i'm talking about matt um, yeah yeah like that's probably the only real time that I struggled with the game just because I didn't understand what I was trying to do, which is probably just a failing of the fact that it wasn't telegraphed particularly well. And when it was telegraphed, it was a bit, you know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the game did a 
itself any favors having that physical threat in there yeah, to be honest but a waste i guess they probably felt the need because otherwise it would get chalked up as just a pure walking simulator walk yeah and you know people people throw attention about those things for some reason i never understand it but anyway um yeah i, I thought it i thought it was a great game too i absolutely loved it um i really liked the cinematic visuals the way that they mm. used black they transitioned in and out of black and white they used the kind of theater uh setups to uh, as sets and stuff they used mannequins and you know all those kinds of props that you would expect from from film i thought that was really neat i thought it was pretty hilarious <laughs> i don't know if you've seen the jim sterling video about layers of fear too but he was ripping into it being not very visually nice because it has black and white sections and i thought that was what? pretty funny that yeah <laughs> i know i know okay. it's not it wasn't Jim's finest moment, um, but he obviously didn't like it. It's, I think it's a little bit more mainstream in the sense that uh, I think more people can enjoy what Layers of Pier 2 offers than what the original did. And I, I think, think it can market itself more as a traditional horror game than the yeah, first Yeah, I, I, I think it does check those boxes a little bit better than the first. So I think it's a good step up for the team and um, made me really excited actually for uh, the Blair Witch Project, which they're working on now. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty special because that comes from the same developer. Mm. That's an Xbox exclusive, though, isn't it? No, no, no. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, don't tell me that, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Alan, you just ruined it. You ruined my life. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, I've got The Sinking City to play, which I'm looking forward to talking about in a future podcast. Um, what other horror games has come out recently? Oh, Dollhouse. I wanted to mention Dollhouse because I have an issue with Dollhouse. Do you want to say um, Dollhouse with more anger, please? Yeah, yeah, it's making me very mad because it's it's actually a really nice game uh, in the content, uh, concept of it because it takes place in this kind of uh, noirish setting um, with the, the detective process and all that kind of stuff. And it has a really good kind of 30s, 40s vibe to the, the setting. Um, but then you get out of that introduction section and the first thing that happens is you get thrown into this tutorial, which is literally go here, collect key, go here, collect um, matches, go here, collect chalk, do thing, do thing. And oh, it dear. goes it goes on for like two hours around this randomly generated kind of maze, hedge maze. You know, um, and yeah, it, it's just the most painful introduction to a horror game ever. <laughs> for whatever reason, my brain... And we've lost Alan a bit there. Alan will come back in a moment. Uh, he's faded out. I don't know why that was the first thing that I thought about. We lost you a bit there, Alan. What would, what was that? Oh, I was going to talk about like how I sent, I got really really confused and thought you'd be talking about like a randomly generated hedge fund. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was really disappointed about that. I still haven't actually got through the the tutorial bit because it just drives me nuts, and then I quit and go and do something more interesting. I'm hoping once I get through it, it gets a little bit more interesting. But yeah, well, horrors, they need to grab you instantly with horror, otherwise, like well, horror is a difficult yeah. genre. I think, like, I, I think it's a really genuinely difficult genre because it requires atmosphere, it requires very careful control over pacing, uh, it requires a, a strong narrative, and I think a lot of developers do horror because it's a relatively relatively easy one to program without really understanding the genre you just have a monster well. you make the lighting very dark and then you yeah. have the monster chase you like it's a slender thing yeah yeah oh speaking of slender that came out on switch this week so. oh the arrival yeah the arrival the game's I've, terrible i've never played it so i'm going to give it a go um it was it's only 10 bucks. i'm sure it is terrible but anyway i'll give it a go um, um, i'll give it a shout out though um, the original Slender on PC was surprisingly good for 
something that you just found off an exe file off the internet oh um, yeah uh, it was a schoolyard myth like that like you'd go to the computer lab when the computer lab still existed and you'd play slender one <laughs> and people like, would like in the early days of twitch you would live stream slender one watch people freak out about yeah. what looked like yeah. nothing but when you played it you actually felt it i thought that was pretty cool mm. yeah like it was all right james you've been very quiet are you a horror fan yeah i've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with horror games because i i love them they're great but um i just i, I get really absorbed into games and I, I had a similar conversation actually with somebody else that digitally downloaded and i can't remember who it was um but uh, a conversation around i think sometimes horror games struggle because the how effective they are is really dependent on the player's susceptibility to horror so I've got friends, for example, who who will whack on a horror game, whatever it is, and they they just do not pay attention. They don't really get bought into the environment. They're just running around, clicking things, doing whatever. And so you, you, I'm just sat there in the background, like you're ruining this game. Like you're missing so many parts of this game that are so good. But uh, I get really absorbed into them. So I love horror games, but I uh, I sometimes avoid them because there's only so many new pairs of pants that I can buy, uh, and it, it, some of the games I play, like Outlast, really mess with me. Amnesia: Dark Descent is still one of like, the water scene in that water scene sense. is absolute art yeah it is and like some people i know for example like some people i know played amnesia dark descent and they hated the mechanic of actually physically having to really like well playing on pc anyway you had to go run up to a door and you had to properly click hold and actually have the animation with the mouse of actually opening and closing a door which made that water scene so much more terrifying because rather than just clicking a button to open the door you actually had to stop and think and move and actually operate at doors if you had to do in real life if someone was chasing you yeah um and yeah that, that water scene is absolutely terrifying and like i struggle to go back to it now um because it's that good but um yeah it, the problem is is that is that horror games i try and avoid them only because i know that i'm gonna get absolutely scared shitless from it um, <laughs> do you do the but, thing but where I... you buy a horror game and then you just don't ever play it because you're like yeah no i'll play that later I do that. You do that. The thing is, what I do is that, like, I'll buy a horror game, but I, I say I get really bought into it. So I will. So Amnesia Dark Descent or Outlast or whatever. So I, I played Outlast and turned all the lights off, put a headset on, so you've got no sense of what's going on outside of the game. You have anything. <laughs> well, exactly. But that, that's like that's like just buying into it. That's mm. trying to get into the making the game kind of be more effective. Like I know Matt actually recently about this, but even Resi Seven which was, I thought was an okay game, but I played it from start to finish for the first time only in VR mode, which made it 10 times more horrendous <laughs> just for, yeah. you know, for not trying to freak out. So I think, I think you can complete the game in something like 10 hours, but I think it took me something like 45 to complete it in VR mode because every single door frame you walked up to, you'd walk up to it and then you'd literally in real life sort of peek around the corner trying to see <laughs> into the room to see if there was anything there. And um, yeah, all those moments like you see in, in like classic horror trope films and stuff, you know, when you'll, you'll want to hear a sound behind them and they'll turn around and they'll turn back and there's all of a sudden there'll be something in front of them. Stuff like that actually did happen in that game. And it just, the VR mode made that game so much more amazing. But yeah, I, I, I love horror games, but I'll only play them if I can get really, really engrossed into them. And yeah, I end up buying like 10, 15 of them and never play them because I'm too scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I mean, I have, I have a, you were talking about Resident Evil there. I have a love hate relationship with Resident Evil a bit. Um, 
in the sense that I actually do enjoy the games, but I struggle to see them as, as effective horror games as such. And I know Alan and I have had this debate lots of no, times. No, so I actually, I'm coming around on your argument here. That's the thing. Oh, really? I, okay. Yeah, so I've played a, a whole bunch of horror games in the last like couple of years because I've got a situation with my friends where we do um, like a spook night where uh, every time one of us gets scared, we all have to drink. Um, <laughs> and the best horror games that we've played for that situation have not really been Resident Evil. Hmm. Like, um, Lost in Vivo was the best one that we've played, I reckon, so far. And I would heavily recommend you all to check out Lost in Vivo. It's like 10 bucks. It's made by the guy who did Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Um, but it's it's real good. That game scared the bejesus out of me. Um, and yeah, yeah so-, so I've been playing RE2 again. And I'm not getting scared by it, like, at all. Yeah, I think RE2 is a great game, and I think the remake is great, and I, I do like Resident Evil uh, a lot, but I like them as more action games, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I do see them as that. I feel like with Resident Evil, you end up, even the the more core kind of horror ones, uh, let alone the more action-based ones like RE5 and 4, you end up with a lot of weaponry in those You become games. a tank. And you do actually have a way of dealing with a threat. For me, horror is best when it kind of disempowers you, which is why I'm such a fan of Layers of Fear and Amnesia, which you also mentioned, James, a bit. Um, and even something like uh, Fatal Frame or Project Zero, Koei's uh, one, where you you have a way of defending yourself as such, but because it's just a camera, it feels like it's um, it, it, it doesn't feel like you're loaded up to the to the max with weaponry so mm. there's I, I like it when there's that atmosphere of disempowerment and that's why i like silent hill as a horror game over resident you evil would back in very the day because... very much like lost in vivo my dude you should try it okay i'll try it um it's worth it but just just on silent hill what i liked about silent hill and i reason i think that the later silent hill games didn't quite work as well is ironically the later silent hill games were made better as video games the early silent hill games were absolutely horrible to play and because they were horrible to play <laughs> the monsters had a much greater sense of threat and you felt a lot weaker in, in the face of them. <laughs> so yeah. um, it, it's one of those interesting ones. I feel like the better or the more refined... The better the game, the yeah, worse the, better the, the game. <laughs> Exactly. It's a really odd one. Like another example of that is The Evil Within and its sequel. I think they're good, well-made games and they're a lot of fun to play, but because they're well-made, I don't get scared by them because I always feel like I've got you know, the tools I need to to deal with the threat. I, I want to change that wording around. It's not that they're well-made games. It's that they control well. And yeah, you can yeah. interface with the game in a reasonable manner. They're well-made in the action sense. They're yep. not so well-made in the horror sense because they're too empowering. So it's, a, it's an interesting genre. Um, and I know other people have had that debate too about tank controls as in the early Resident Evil games, which took, you know, 20 hours to turn around um because you're on those yeah those kind of clunky tank controls um that worked for me as a as a horror mechanic i think better than these kind of more precise controls that you have these days so well yeah i definitely agree with you on the on the amnesia front yeah definitely like i think amnesia was the first game i played well that was a horror game where it was like there are monsters or whatever that there's there's enemies but you physically cannot do anything and it completely turned for me anyway on the on the uh to the tables in terms of not having as you said a big weaponry or or, or having anything to really defend yourself it became much more about hiding and in actual fact i think the majority of the scares and amnesia probably come from actually nothing being there 
you know what I mean? It's it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's you it's you freaking out about the environment around you and you mm. expecting something to happen, and it plays very much on that fear of what I guess a lot of tropes you get in standard horror things do, and it very much makes you kind of try and work against all of that and hide or run away or work about when when you're going to even try and turn a light on um because you don't want to attract enemies but at the same time you're slowly going insane in the darkness but you um should, you yeah. should definitely give layers of fear a go James. Like i, th- I think yeah. you'll like layers of fear especially the second one you should definitely give it a go you can pick up layers of fear one for like five bucks most of the time as well now like it's on it's always on sale um yeah, and Laser Fear 2 is $44, I believe, Australian. So it'll be like £20 or something for you. It's not Is bad. that collection on Switch both of them? Or... No, that's just the original game and the DLC for the original game. Oh, okay. It's Inheritance. Yes. Um, yeah, so Switch, give that a whirl. Switch, Layers of Fear 2 is not actually on Switch at the moment. They won't be able um, to run on Switch for a while. Yeah, it, <laughs> it'll take a lot of optimization to get there if they do. Be some CD Projekt Red style optimization. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's going to be a horror game in its own way. Oh, I'm excited! <laughs> I'm going to play that. That's going to be my that's going to be my plane game. I get to play Witcher Three all over again on Switch. That's going to be so exciting. Um, do you know what? Do you know what's not scary, Alan? What? Do you know what's not scary at all? What is not scary? Tifa's boobs. Uh, <laughs> when, they poke, when they poke your eyes out, they will be. <laughs> And that was a bit of music from Layers of Fear 2. So we're going to be talking a little bit this week as well about a newly released game that I'm personally pretty excited for because it looks like my sort of thing. And uh, we've actually got the reviewer from digitallydownloaded.net on the podcast as well. Hello, Harvard. Hello, the pressure. Yeah, this is your fault now. Alan, you should probably tell people what game you're talking about. <laughs> no, I refuse. No, this is now a mystery. It's a murder mystery. Um, yeah, it's my neighbor Pedro. My neighbor Pedro? My friend. My, my, my friend. Pedro. My neighbor Pedro. It's like my neighbor Totoro, except it's Totoro talking <laughs> to kill everybody. Horrible murder. Yes. Look, I want my neighbor Totoro as like a murder machine game. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, my friend Pedro. It's the new digitally. No, digitally. It's oh. the new Devolver Digital game. <laughs> Can you take over, please? <laughs> the new Devolver Digital game is a game called My Friend Pedro, and <laughs> it's about a sentient banana with a smiley face on it, and he tells you to commit horrible acts of murder while looking cool. And I can respect yeah, that. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a platformer game that's to me, feels a bit like super hot, because you have the chance to turn on a very powerful slow-mo 
and then do backflips and stuff and twist through the air and while shooting everybody. So it's very much a game about looking cool while you're committing horrible acts of murder. And that's kind of like a like a studio style for Devolver Digital and everything they publish. It really right? is, yeah, because they've got Hotline Miami obviously set off that trend. And then you've yeah. got recently Katana Zero, which like, is still banned in Australia. Yeah, and Ape Out too, which has kind of got like this really stylish. And they had model. they had another game. I can't remember the name of it now, unfortunately, but it was based on the kind of Italian um, crime films of the sixties. Um, what was it called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called to be honest. But yeah, the it, it was also super super violent. Um, and yeah, it yeah. definitely seems and, like a thing for Devolver at the moment. I mean, I get that if you look at the Devolver. E3 presentations, that kind of senseless violence is done for comedic effect, right? Yes. And it's the same kind of stuff that you see on Adult Swim or like the Eric Andre show where they just like shoot somebody and it's funny because you don't expect it. Mm. But I think in a game context, I mean, first of all, to ask, you guys played Hotline Miami, right? Yeah, I love that game. Would you say that game is anti-violence in its narrative or in its mechanics? I think in its narrative, yeah, in its mechanics, no. Because it's fun to do the thing, but the game is telling you why is this fun to do? Why, well, yeah, why do you like think this is fun to do? But then it's just fun because you can do cool stuff and horribly murder like a room of people. Yeah, I think it is. I, but like it criticizes it, right? Yes. Yeah, I think some I think level of yeah, yeah. It's it's broadly critical, I think, of of violence. Um, yeah, and I think with yeah. my friend Pedro, I didn't get as much of that. Like the there's missions where you kill adult gamers who are like, they, have, they have no <laughs> sense of how to be a human being because they've been too much violence in games. I can't even say it. And so they run at you with like katanas and you just shoot them. And I don't feel like that's really a commentary on game violence as much as it is like, here are various reasons why these guys are okay for you to shoot. And like, yeah, I mean, they are also gamers. Cool, right? They had like, their regular Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. They're, they're dressed like hipsters. They're dressed like the guy from Yik. That's what I thought. They have, like, red <laughs> no. hair and glasses. No! Oh, but anyways, I'm just like... They give you points and, like, a score rating for how cool you kill them. You can do things like dual-wield your guns and, like, kill two people at once and stuff like that and start a multiplier. And it just feels like something that you do in Peggle, where the mechanics are designed to make you feel awesome and, like, you're having fun but it's, you know, killing people. Hmm. So is that problematic or is that just... I don't know if it is because film has been doing this for a while as well. And I think this game is trying to emulate a lot of like the John Woo sort of stuff. Where it's well, just... I think also, I mean, you, when you were playing Harvard, you were thinking about how you, you were desensitized to, to violence, right? Um, really. Is that, I mean, well, you wrote about it in your review. Did, <laughs> so obviously you like... thought about it. Um, if you thought about it and if the game caused you to think about it, is it on some level deliberate, I guess, is the question. Because certainly I think people are desensitized to violence in video games. I mean, if you look at... Mortal Kombat. <laughs> my, no, Mortal Kombat's an extreme example, but Mortal Kombat's satirical about it. But if you look at uh, a game like Fortnite or Overwatch, these are games that people don't even question about the violence, and yet they are extremely violent games. Um, it's yeah, it's cartoonish violence, but it is still violence, and it's at the point where, you know, you walk down the street and you're out and about, and there are you know ten year old kids with Fortnite backpacks and stuff, and you just wonder, well, obviously they're playing the game, should they be? Um, but 
yeah, I don't know. The, the, just the fact that you you kind of latched onto that theme and decided to discuss about it, or talk about it in your review, Harvard, tells me that there's something in my neighbor, my friend is, my, friend. my, my best <laughs> my mate is My neighbor Pedro. is Pedro. My banana is Pedro. Um, oh, don't say that. He, he is literally a banana, though. No, I know, but the phrasing of my banana is Pedro. Um, whatever whatever it's called, the fact that you were kind of cottoned onto that as your, the thing that you wanted to talk about in the context of that game tells me that there's something there, Harvard. I haven't played it, so... I mean, to uh, me, it's like... Well, everyone's going to mention the Hotline Miami similarities because there's those yes. games where, <laughs> where when you kill somebody, there's like bright neon lights and says, like, you earn this many points. Fantastic, lovely, awesome. Except I remember there being that subtext in Hotline Miami where, whereas I was looking for it in my friend Pedro. I didn't really find it. Mm. It, it might just be one of those things where you know the message may not be conveyed particularly well and even just that hint like maybe i don't know i don't know what i'm trying like to say it doesn't feel like a messagey game it definitely feels more of a stylistic game and i get what you mean when you say like the john films it is just like playing that film right it is just like putting on slow-mo and doing a ridiculous kill and at the end of the level getting a highlight reel of the coolest thing you did I think if that's what you're into and you want a playable version of that, then yeah, the game's awesome. And I enjoyed it a lot as well. Um, I'm just overthinking it right now, I think. So what you're saying, <laughs> what you're saying is, Harvard, when, you, when you're playing a video game, you want less John Blue, more Oliver Stone. Who's that? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, an art I'm, wanker. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I forget that you're all kids and I'm like 50 years old. Oliver Stone's the director of Apocalypse <laughs> Now. He's a very famous director for being very oh, um, um you've heard about that film. oh my god can we cut to music now i feel very stupid <laughs> <laughs> this is this is sad music okay. from my neighbor pedro <laughs> can we put on music from hotline miami because that soundtrack is no because it's going to be horribly horribly copyrighted i'm afraid oh what yeah because it's all yeah. real music oh is it yeah moon moon's like the, the artist okay yeah do you know what's funny i read an article about saying that Hotline Miami is kind of like gamified the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling. And I was like, yeah, it is. I haven't watched it's that movie. Same, I, it's, it's quite a good movie. Yeah, it's watched, got the same, like, you've watched very that, violent, but you don't know who Oliver Stone is. Electro. I'm, so, I'm so pissed off about this now. All right, well, we're going to go to music. <laughs> okay, I only did film studies at university. You only did film studies at university? You still don't know who Oliver Stone is? Oh, my <laughs> God. This is terrible. Just watch Metropolis instead. Oh, yeah. I taught that once. Start <laughs> <laughs> to music.
And welcome back, everybody. So, for the last section of the podcast this week, before you escape us, we're going to talk about sports games, and particularly our top three sports games. This is going to be the start of a new feature on the digitally uploaded podcast, where we talk about kind of a top three for each of us, for each, or for various genres and other bits and pieces, and each week the topic will change. So this week we are doing sports games, and let's start with... Alan, Alan, give us your top three Jesus. sports games. <laughs> give us your top three sports games just off the top of your head without thinking about it and tell us why. Okay, NHL 19 or whatever the heck the new NHL game is of the year because it's going to generally be an improvement. Then Mario Strikers charged on the Wii because it was Ooh, great. Oh, that's a great game. That's, that's yeah. yeah. I haven't and tried it. SSX Tricky. Yeah. SSX Tricky. Yeah, Trixie. Trixie. <laughs> SSX Trixie. Yeah, no, all those three games, very different styles. Um, NHL 19 is still a game that I play semi-regularly. Like, I'll pop in for a couple of matches because, again, playoffs just happened, so I was in an NHL mood anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's real good. If you like hockey, you're going to like NHL. It's, it's, it's that good. It's very, very strong. Um, Strikers is the best football game ever made because you can shoulder charge Peach as Donkey Kong into an electric fence. And I like that. Um, it's also like a really fun football game. Um, it's the Mario Kart of football. And if you like that sort of like pretty skill-paced gameplay, but also like, you know, dumb nonsense that can happen, you'll like Strikers. And SSX Tricky is like the greatest game ever made, basically, as far as I'm concerned. It has run DMCs. It's tricky as the theme. Tricksy. It's tricky. It's good. It's it's a fantastic game. I wish they would re-release it, but I know they probably won't be able to because of the whole licensing thing. And because I know, I know, I'm going to sound very old right now. Well, not old, just you can say like missed, snowboard kids missed, or some nonsense. Missed the boat completely. Uh, what's SSX Trixie? Uh, is that snowboarding? Is it? Yeah, is it's that, yeah. it's a downhill snowboarding game uh, where you basically are pushed to do as as many tricks as possible to upgrade your boost meter Um, okay and then so the idea is that you can't just be going fast because if you're going fast on its own you're not going to win the race you have to do tricks as well during the race to get more boost so you can then like get faster and get ahead of people gotcha it's it's really really you'd love it it's very arcadey um it's it's also very focused and has like i said an absolute banger of a soundtrack because ssx tricky is built around run dmcs it's tricky and I love that song. It's so corny. It's perfect. It's perfect for that game. Um, yeah, those three are the, t- the three ones that I would say are the most, like, me sports games. I also don't consider racing games sports games because they're own, their own thing. So, You don't consider F1 a sports game? No, I think it's a racing game. Okay. I, I agree that it's a sport, but I wouldn't consider it a sport in the similar vein of, like, you know, NHL or FIFA or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, just one question before we move on to James. I'll give James a second to collect his thoughts, but I do have one question for you, Alan. Uh, the new NHL game, 99... No. 19. 19. 1999. Yeah, we're going to go back to 1999. Um, does it have the retro control? It does, options? but you're wrong if you're playing it like that. Because I like to play with the Super NES one. Which you are is limiting like yourself buttons, beyond two buttons, Pass and shoot. That's all I care about. Pass and shoot, pass and shoot. That's all that matters. You can play with that, but you're going to be horribly, horribly, horribly um, like beneath competition if you play anyone who's using the stick controls. Yeah, I don't play online. I just play. No, even just like on like couch, like you're not going to have a good time. Yeah, okay. 
yeah it's a good it's a really good game though if you want to play it like that you can play like that there's also like the threes mode which is pretty fun it's just like a higher speed three on three game and also like the the one-on-one-on-one game as well which is just like you try and take shots at a goal and it's great it's fun it's a really fun game i enjoy it quite a lot cool yeah james james tell us your three sports games just off the top of your head so I'm Which I'm really really horrendously bad at all sports games. It's just <laughs> not it's just not a genre that I can do. Um, so I like it, if I'm going to play a sports game for me, it's got to have it's got to be arcadey. So I can't do the the proper ones like hockey, footballs, whatever. So yeah, SSX tricky definitely up there for me. That's that's yeah. a great game. Um, and then it came, it came out roughly around the same time as Tricky, like in that, that whole kind of PS2 era. Um, do you ever play a game called Freak Style? It was basically it was basically SSX but on on like mountain dirt bikes. Yeah, uh, I remember same, that. The Dave yeah, Mirror freestyle. Uh, I think it was no, no, no. It was, it, was, it, was, it came out at the same time. It came out at the same time, yeah. I think. But um, yeah, it's basically SSX but on just on dirt bikes. But that was awesome as well. Uh, and then yeah, like I said it's pretty much got to have something exploding in it. So the third one would be probably Burnout Three. Yeah, that's a good just a, game. Uh, which was, I know we said, we said a second ago that you maybe you consider that a racing game rather than a sports game, but um, yeah, yeah but that was Alan. Awesome. Alan's opinion doesn't count. So. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I can't do Great. sport unless unless it's got, unless the, the cars have got guns on them or someone's blowing up or dying, I can't do sports games. Gotcha. Yeah. Have it. <laughs> Just play <Ooh>. FIFA 19. <laughs> 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 All right, Harvard. Take it away from me. Yeah, okay. So I have a very loose <laughs> definition of what sports game means. So my first one is going to be Golf Story. Because that's a sports, yeah. that's a sports game. Oh, There's yeah. I, I, uh, I bought that on Switch, but I've not played it yet. Is... You should definitely oh. play it. It's great. It's, it's Australian, it's... isn't it? Yes, it it's is. Australian. It's tangentially about golf. Um, It's more of like a kind of like a character building RPG with like a really funny story. And instead of RPG battles, there's it's much better than that sounds. Yeah, it's basically the, shit. It's basically like the spiritual successor to the Mario Golf games on the Game Boy back when. Yeah, okay. They were RPG likes. Yeah. And... You remember when they were making all the sports into RPGs? Yeah. On the Game Boy, that that's the throwback to that. But I like that. Well, I just like the idea of golf games because I'm never going to have enough money in my life to play golf. <laughs> 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 I like to live out that fantasy. <laughs> oh, that's really. Um, <laughs> Second one is Jet Set Radio, because oh. I am permanently in that mindset of like late nineties, early two thousands, extreme sports is cool kind of vibe. And so Tony Hawk, I've yeah, but Tony Hawk was more about the tricks, and Jet Set Radio was more about the style. And I think if you learn them, the game is more about learning the maps and just getting used to the city and knowing where the good rails are. And then once you get that, you have so much fun playing that game. And the soundtrack's amazing too. That's probably like my. This is future or original? Original. Future is future is a banger. Future is a better game and potentially a better soundtrack, but harder to find. It is way harder to find. It's like that thing you were saying about horror games too. Is like the thing that makes the original good is that it's also a bit janky. And no, I don't understand that in like a game that's built around score attack. Can you elaborate? Well, it's like, it just feels more like DIY to me. 
it doesn't feel like a big developer meter. It feels like, even though it was Sega, but yeah, I was going to say like, like Sega, known for being a big like a developer. Carefree, carefree, make whatever you can work to your own terms, kind of vibe to me. Okay. I don't and, I don't know if I understand still, but I respect <laughs> the opinion. It, no, it's like it's like once you've gotten used to these weird controls and this like weird game style with the jank, it becomes yours and you just feel comfortable with it because like other people are gonna get tripped up by all these weird mechanics and you're just like, Oh yeah, it's totally normal. Oh, okay. So you just like being a master of a game that kinda of is broken. Yes. Okay, fair enough. All right, I understand you. <laughs> and last one, I'm just gonna say steep because I've sunk too many hours into steep. Steep is alright. It, it's very alright, but it's very like it's gives really you things right. to do. It's it's the most aggressively like six out of ten game that I've ever played. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know, know Harvard, at least a seven out of ten. You know, Harvard plays an awful lot of sports games where his top three includes an aggressively alright game. <laughs> I don't know. I've just never gotten <laughs> too deep into hardcore sports game or just like you know the big yearly releases yeah because they're so game. heavily broken with microtransactions that if you want to play that stuff online you're just not gonna be able to no it's just like i and the learning process is not fun i'll give you yeah that. that's true the learning process is not fun if you're not learning with someone who is also invested in getting really good at it it's just like why am i playing this yeah you need to have you someone to either teach you how to play games. yeah or yeah, it's not fun to sit through like a single player campaign. I will say they've tried really hard with FIFA though, because the the journey mode is pretty good at like getting you into it and like teaching you mechanics, which is good. But yeah, that's still like it's not why you're there. You're not there to play football against the computer. You're there to play football against you know people like either in the room or online. Yeah, it's the quintessential. I, know, I, play, football. I play against AI. I enjoyed my sports games. Like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of sports games actually. Um people don't realize it <laughs> because maybe I talk too much about Tifa's boobs as opposed to sports. Yeah, we're cutting it there. But yeah, that's <laughs> it. We've done it in all three segments. I'm I'm a big fan of I am a big fan of sports games. Um I guess for my top three. Well, the first one I'd have to go with is based purely on what my Nintendo Switch says is my most played game of all time. Football um, is Football Manager yeah, 18. Yeah, guessed it. Football Manager 18. I think I've I've sunk an ungodly number of hours into that. I do love the series. I buy them all. Um, totally appreciate that for 99.99% of the population, they are just ridiculously <laughs> obscure and no fun. Um, but I don't know. I don't like spreadsheets in real life, but when I'm managing football teams i have a good time with it so yeah i i do enjoy my football manager um for my second choice i'm going to go with beach spikers what beach spikers beach spikers <laughs> beach spikers was a um a volleyball game <laughs> beach volleyball game that sega developed and released um, back on the GameCube and PS2 era. I think it was also an arcade game. Uh, but it's actually a proper sports game as opposed to, well, an arcade one, but a proper take on beach volleyball as opposed to something like Dead or Alive's <laughs> take on beach volleyball. Um, so it's actually you know, proper volleyball mechanics, and it was really good. I think volleyball is actually a sport I really enjoy in real life, and I don't think video games have ever done it a great job. Uh, and Beach Spike is probably the closest that we've had. So... Yeah, that's um, uh, if if I was to have a wish where I was to get one new sports game based on an old property, either a remake or a new entry, it would be Beach Spikers. And then my third one is going 
way by way back. Um, Super International Cricket on the Super Nintendo. That was a game that my brothers and I spent an awful lot of time playing. Um, like an awful, awful lot of time. It was basically everything we played for for years. And um, yeah, it was it was quite ahead of its time. Cricket's not an easy sport to do in video games, and uh, Super International Cricket really did a good job. So. There you go. There we go. All right. Cricket. Play cricket. Cool. Alan, play cricket. I don't, I don't want to. Cricket's good. I mean, you're moving to England. You're going to have to get into this cricket thing. I will. No, I, no, I like trust, cricket. Trust me, you don't have to do that. <laughs> no, but I want to. I want to go to Lords, and I want to get glassed. That's my goal. Um, you, can yeah. get, trust me, you, can, you can get glassed anywhere in England. Trust me. <laughs> That's a good time. All right. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I probably won't even play a cricket game. I don't know why. I just, I won't. I don't know. I played Wii cricket, and that was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. So, I love the Wii cricket. Wii actually, will you like swing the bat with your hands? No, no it was that, an actual. It was a Wii cricket game. game, and it was interesting. And oh. it, yeah, it had motion control, so you could play with the swinging the bat, and it was. I actually really enjoyed that game. Believe it or not, um, I had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> All right. Because well, when I bought it, when I bought it, it came with an accessory for the bat. Oh, it came with a big bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you stuck your Wiimote into the into the accessory, and it did absolutely nothing except you know convince you to stand up and start swinging the bat around like an idiot. So yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. It was good. It was great. And with that, we're going to go to some music and end it for the week. <laughs> so uh, yep, yeah, that's it's going to be the wrap for the last song. It's going to be Tifa's thing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 